0: Okay. Important disclaimer in its entirety: All what participants the fuck was that? of this <laughs> crowd Radio episode are no hair threat. You know what? Those no, are? no, no, are no, no, no. Is, like, no, no. 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 It's No. 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 Hey, to My face any in, in country. Any <laughs> country. Please <laughs> um, consult an attorney for <laughs> local laws and regulations. And, <laughs> and as always, Trust. Trust. your inner You got a lot Oh,
1: fuck. I'm
0: gonna kill myself now. Well, we are on Twitch. It's very appropriate.
2: This is not me, quality yes, yes,
3: content. Oh, I'm a quality man. bean. A be a hand? Hand? Welcome, yeah. everybody, to this quality content. <laughs>
0: hey.
4: Have you heard the news about Denise? So
0: quality proud crowd as family-friendly content. Wait, what? No what swearing allowed. <laughs>
2: Fuck. Like Channels, like oh. we are a good Christian channel. Um, so, we only so <laughs> endorse I more messages.
0: It's going to be a sloppy show. This is great. Yep.
3: All right. Great. Hey, everybody. Or I'll mute all of you. All right. Man work. I love you, you. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Thug Crowd. Uh, here on yeah. Twitch. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so we have a pretty, pretty cool show tonight. Um, here, I'm going to put the show notes in the chat. Um, check those out because... There's a lot of funny news this week, I've got to say. As I was going through the news we were talking about this before, there's a lot of just face-palmingly dumb kind of shit going on. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, we also have uh, Uncle D1023. I don't know how you like to pronounce it. Um, 1023. 1023, yes. Um, of Technic.io um, oh. to talk about his services and all the fun stuff that he has to deal with. Um, so yeah, we should get right into the news. Um, first thing I wanted to say was that we are doing on November third. I forgot to put this in the show notes. November third, we are doing a charity, twenty-four hour, long CTF and hacking challenge stream for little kids. Um, and <laughs> the uh, hold on, I gotta get the that link here. So yeah, we are going to be doing that. Please challenge us. Um, we can test our might. And,
2: and can people donate money to that? Yes. So Let's hear it, girl. <laughs> yep, can I so log right my
0: Bitcoin through that?
3: Um, yeah, we're trying to figure out a Bitcoin. Um, Bitcoin.
0: We're not uh, trying to hurt the children, though. So, like, currently <laughs> that doesn't rapidly go up and down would be preferred.
3: <laughs> well, we can, uh, we, can, we can do stuff to it to make it make it more stable.
0: Oh, we'll pump and dump it, right.
3: Yeah, right? No, this whole ICO, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That kids coin. Call-
0: Sick coin, um, <laughs> yeah. Doing that ASAP.
3: So yeah, definitely uh, check that out because it's co- actually really cool. We'll do it with video games, but I figured why not do it with uh, hacking challenges? Everybody's hit it to and so they can own the whole, you know, earth? That so, is really video games for know. us, right? Yeah, exactly. So all right, let's get into the news. You guys have a show notes, up? Oh so, yeah. Where are the show notes? Um, they're in the that Twitch chat and in a bunch of other places. I'll put them into the channel, though. Just for you.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I love you.
0: Just for you, Will. There work. you
3: go. Violent J did it. So thanks. <laughs> All right. So starting off the news is something that I've been kind of wondering about a little bit, but it's also kind of like, huh? Is Somebody took over the, uh, the, the Gen 2 uh, Linux GitHub repo for a little bit.
0: You know, <laughs> and did you see today? They got sold for how many billions? Two.
3: Susie, that was Susie.
0: Oh, I thought it was the same one. I will. Yeah, I don't know why anybody would pay for Susie, but that's
3: a
4: different story.
0: Well, yeah, that's a good question. But yeah, this Gento uh, GitHub repo, like it, pretty much everything on it, is untrusted until they go through <laughs> and uh, verify. Right. So that like that's a pretty big issue.
3: Right. Imagine having to, to verify every single little tiny kernel module.
0: You know, there's got to be like a few guys that that had just gotten their Gentoo box perfect. They got, <laughs> everything. They, they got they got everything just right. Finally, and done. Then the news filing. came out.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it, it's yeah. funny. Like I've had some. uh, like, Does anybody remember Gentoo for uh, Gen Gentoo is for ross's No. What? Yeah, so oh, yeah, so it's arch. Yeah, so it's arch, but still. Yeah, I'll just pasted that link quickly. You can have a look at that in the Twitch chat. But um, so just just on the topic of Gentoo, 2 like, I've had conversations with people where they tell me things like, um, Gen 2 is the most secure Linux distribution because it's compiled from source and you can patch the security uh, problems before anybody else. And my, my like response to that is always like, well, how do you know what to patch? Like, where are you getting this magic information
5: from?
0: No, you can just say, suck it. Look at this. Yeah, that's like, cool. Thing got owned, buddy. Yeah, like tell
5: good, me. Like, suck it. Yeah. That's, uh, remember when the CVS OpenBSD got backdoored by Suck It Rootkit?
2: Suck
5: it. Oh man,
0: that's that an excellent name, though. I love it.
1: <laughs>
0: this seems like it's, it's going to have impact, right? Like, will we, uh, first of all, does the news story go into uh, the exact bookmarks of, or book uh, ends of when it started and ended? Uh,
5: no, it's um, there isn't a lot of, a lot, I mean, because it's the downstream from the actual development tree. Right. So they don't. They think they caught it within a couple of hours, and that are not many, oh, if any, people dude. actually replicated any of this stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, unlike
5: the Linux Mint attack, which <laughs> happened a few months ago, where they popped yeah. like Mint's website, and hundreds of people downloaded that ISO and installed it.
0: Whatever happened so, with uh, any of that, and if so odds over under on it being the same kind of crew or you think this is just opportunity
5: um, uh, opportunistic I think a lot of github attacks are just luck really I think yeah, yeah for
4: sure I I think with um like this as well like the you know the direction of uh, the, the, the way the code flows I guess there's, they didn't submit any pull requests like upstream like the if a kernel module for example was backdoored it's not going to hit um, you know, it's gonna get Garrett peer reviewed and whatever before it can get into like Linux mainline and
0: yeah, there's gonna so be a, a cool whole
4: content. mailing list. Yeah, there's gonna be a whole mailing list thread of um neckbeards whinging over like how this syntax yeah. should be and all that kind of stuff.
0: This <laughs> is exactly correct. Yeah, what what if one of those gets popped though, which likely has and just hasn't been used yet. I don't know, I'm um, going up somebody's spot. Sorry.
4: No, that, that's actually a good point. There's uh the story uh so uh, Dave I has um posted about it on like um his on Daily Dave before about um like the idea of like iHunt sysadmins to iHunt developers like being actively used by the NSA or something at one point. Um so if you if you did have uh push rights to certain repos, um you could, you know, remove a couple of curly braces and all of a sudden you have a different code path or whatever it is. That's I wonder, a real think-
0: thing like api abuse too right like that would bypass their reviews i mean you gotta think something like that probably exists like just yeah there's
4: been um there's definitely been some code uh like some git front ends that um so not specifically i I guess i don't know about github specifically but there's been alternatives um to like that web front end where you could get rce and modify the git repo on the actual um you know, on the actual server, and then other people would clone it. But you have to remember as well that the whole point of having like version control like that is that uh, there is a you know you, you need hash collisions or something in order to to get around it without being noticed.
0: What kind of hashes are they doing though? MD five or are they doing SHA one?
4: No, it's uh, it's SHA. It's I don't think it's SHA one. Um, I used to know the answer to this, but, but they're doing uh, thing. It, it's SHA song, yeah. It's not, it's not MD five. Nice. I think it's SHA one because there's a big hoopla about the whole MD five
6: collision
5: and Git and them changing all that. Yeah. At, the hmm. Proof of concept, uh, POC, GTFO eighteen had like a SHA one collision. Yeah, one. They had yeah one. on a PDF as well.
0: it, but it was that, that was the PDF one, right? Yeah. And it was they were doing trickery too, right? Like they had a uh, CSS or something lined in there. And then it was using some offset on a detachable piece or a modular piece. I forget exactly the mechanics of it, but it looked a little sketchy when you got into how they did it. Still, they did it, I guess, is the point. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really. a book. It's
3: not a real world, you know. Practical. Practical. <laughs> oh, so, um, Violent J, we got our your story over here. Um, just... One of the best things I've seen in a while. Uh, basically, um people have found researchers have found that uh juggalo makeup is like poses the real problem to uh facial recognition software.
0: You um, I feel like you need to find some juggalo music and have that as a music bed for a little bit. I don't
3: wanna get I don't I don't wanna get uh, DMCA'd.
0: But try try like a DJ mix or something. All right, yeah, a, happy, talk- a happy hardcore mix of them. Alright,
4: we'll figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll yeah, we'll that's... get some uh, some great Malenko on, but um, yeah. So specifically with this, um, what the the issue was that uh, the the neckline was being obfuscated um, as the bottom of the face paint. So this isn't all juggler face paint. So like a lot of jugglers have different face paint. They do their own thing, whatever. But specifically in the case um, that we've seen, it's the face paint of the two. Uh, members of ICP, uh, Violent J and Shaggy 2 Dope, where they, uh, the way that their face paint is done, it, it create the bottom of the black area on their, on their face is actually detected as the neckline. Um, a couple of things help this is that, uh, a lot of the photos used as an example, Violent J is actually, uh, pretty kind of overweight. So I guess that's one thing. Um, and and the way that they actually do the the smile, the clown smile, is actually quite large. So it goes right up their cheeks, as if it could like almost to the ear. So that's kind of like where this um, like there's a few uh, images that have this as an like analyzed, and and they show um, some some red lines to go like these are the eyes, this is the mouth, this is whatever. But and the, the, it's specifically the
2: neckline that was really messing it up. Yeah, it also looks like the eyebrows were. On there completely because you know they paint the white over the eyebrows so they're hard yep. to see i mean
0: so i'm just gonna say it uh it's juggalo time for literally everybody in infosec okay. uh if
2: boop,
0: boop. <laughs> if you're not dressed up as a juggalo at defcon you just don't know what's up oh, i'm gonna drink
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh yeah i'm back all righty Juggalo paint though. Uh, who would have thought? Like, I, so I gotta say one other thing that I've seen at CON a year or two ago now, and I don't. I think it might have been somebody kind of famous that did it, but uh, hey, somebody had a hat, a on, Mr. and uh, uh, infrared LEDs that were pointing down and effectively flooding out his face. And uh, I thought it was really cool. Never got a chance to stop and talk to him about it, but uh, he was rocking that thing uh, a couple of years back. I kind of wonder if that's something that needs to be revisited and i mean fuck facial recognition isn't that
2: bad for your eyes
0: uh yeah probably (laughs) so go blind or be anonymous.
4: there was uh snare also had a mask that he posted on twitter like years ago now but it was like this warped mask that uh there wasn't this this is this uh snare with i don't know it was a mask that he had, had on that like warped out differently um I'm just gonna call Snare I'm gonna I'm gonna call Snare juggler just so he gets mad about it. Invite him on
0: man. Yeah, well, uh,
4: yeah
1: he's not he's not coming. Um, <laughs> I uh, always thought it would be cool to mix the two together so that instead of having the LEDs on the hat as the primary display, have the LEDs point in at the face and project different patterns onto the face. And have it rotate throughout the day, yeah. or you know, through, throughout time, time rather. rather, so that's that it's so continually it's shifting, shifting and they can't fix, on you. fix on you.
6: Now you're getting into uh, scramble
2: suits, a Scanner Darkly. Yeah.
1: Yes, exactly. yes, exactly. I gotta say that's recommended
0: watching. Watch. By the way. Uh, for very,
5: very highly, highly recommended. Highly very
0: yeah, Scanner Darkly. Especially
5: or. if you're a fan of Joe Rogan or Alex Jones, they have some good cameos in that movie.
0: What? The, Joe Rogan?
5: Uh, yeah, I think so. Alex Jones is absolutely in it.
0: What? Uh, what? Alex
5: Jones?
0: Okay, I'm gonna to have to rewatch it. Yeah, he over plays him.
5: like he plays a character from the book of like a right wing nut job, tinfoil hat oh. guy who's telling everybody about the total surveillance system.
0: He's which really. frank. is Branson exactly like what then. Alex Jones. Well, does oh, he, so he's he the he,
5: guy
4: that gets kidnapped. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. I, I like the part how Robert Downey Jr. just like kind of plays a poor version of himself.
0: <laughs> at the time it may have been just an accurate portrayal
5: <laughs> I think I think it was accurate portrayal that's just actually Robert Downey Jr. who didn't even have a script that just filmed him yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> that movie ruled in so many ways so you should definitely watch it if you haven't seen it hell
3: yeah um, hey, what about so- them
0: Samsung phones yeah so
3: the Samsung phones I've been I heard some of this I think was it yesterday or two years ago this is so fucking funny. Apparently, <laughs> Samsung phones are spontaneously texting users' photos to random contacts, contacts without the permission. Apparently, it affects mainly the Samsung Galaxy S9 and 9 Plus, um, but there could be others that are affected by it. and Their messaging app is just sending random photos to people. That's, That's fantastic. fantastic. A Way a worse than for the Amazon thing.
0: Awkward situations. Wait, what? Yeah. Oh i said i bet this made for a lot of awkward situations right because yeah
3: this person apparently they they had only been sending stuff to like one person I and mean, then somebody else got pictures from them and it's just like that's like a really weird way to figure it out if you're like trying to like keep it secret you have your secret like side phone i mean somehow it texts like yeah dominoes and it's really your uh your side guy <laughs> I, would, I would definitely say like this is a good example
4: of like why you shouldn't take nudes like, it, like, I mean, a lot of you know, some people don't mind, but if you're gonna take nudes on a device that's gonna potentially randomly, like, you couldn't have foreseen this coming, right? This is yeah. a kind of not like a thing that you could. Oh, my phone's gonna accidentally send some photos to the wrong people. Like, you know.
1: It sucks that we live in that kind of reality now. Where possibility. If you're using a camera for that purpose, why would you want it to be internet attached? That's very
3: yeah, true. right, yeah right. But it's just it, it's interesting to see if it like this is a, a class of bug in general, like what could possibly be the cause of this? <laughs> uh, Samsung? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you, you think you, yeah, you think of you know, it. yeah, it's the new messaging
0: protocol. I, really, I think there's more to it than we're hearing. Like we're just hearing preliminary stuff, right? Like Let's just be honest here. Samsung Samsung is sketchy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think Samsung's just trying to be a douchebag and just leaking everyone's nudes. Samsung's, it's always been sketchy, though. Well, who the hell is I, that? <laughs> <laughs> <I> think, <laughs> oh, it's <was> debugging. <laughs> yeah, What's yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have kind of been sketchy, but I can't imagine that their uh, their plan for Q4 was, hey, let's just send everybody's nudes. And then uh, well, uh, by the board. <laughs>
4: Their track history on Android, I think it was Faith that originally showed this to me, um, where there was like a user land uh read write uh copy of kmm like available on Galaxy like S threes, maybe from memory. And, like that that's not a very good track record um for like, you know, secure systems or I mean their phones guess...
0: also did blow up for a pretty long amount <laughs> of
4: time.
1: They, were on they did. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, like their their dishwashers and shit. Just everything was blowing up. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Off,
6: so. Yeah, I've done some work over there, and it it seems like their quality control and just work eth- ethics are just so overblown with time crunch that they just make simple mistakes, and that just leads to these issues they have.
0: <laughs> but they set so, the bomb to false. They set it to true. Make phone Bye. true. But we, so,
4: if we just quickly step back and have a look at uh, supply chain for Android, which I don't know, I've mentioned this like a billion times. So I always, uh, every time Android comes up, I mention supply chain of Android. But um, there's a messaging app from Google, right? Like, and the same, you got iMessage from Apple and whatever. But again, uh, Samsung have taken it upon themselves to write their own messaging app. Why? Like, yeah. why not use the one that works? It doesn't yeah. send your nudes to people. So I mean, Dude, they
5: always do that. I have Samsung Calendar, Samsung Organizer, Samsung. It's just bloatware stuff. Freaking oh, yeah. Bixby. I, yeah, at it.
2: How are you going to steal people's information if they're not using your app? Yeah. <laughs> um, as
4: mitigations, though, I think we should mention that anybody who is using a Samsung phone or is using any type of like uh, shitty Android to look at options like Lineage OS uh, or Copperhead OS, stuff like that, um, that are sort of like, you know, a bit more community vetted um, with, you know, open source type stuff that will run on most devices as well so that you don't have to be stuck with that ROM um, that is filthy. You can be stuck with a different filthy ROM.
0: Or okay. you can just stop being a thought. Basically, <laughs> <they> you're like,
3: get <laughs> an alternative for their, like, base ROM. Holy shit! All right, you got to move out from under the stairs
1: so I can actually hear you. <laughs> I was moving No. Yes. For, yeah, my, for everybody my else, really low, By the way, gotta get out of like, here. <laughs> or no, it's the <laughs> voice control. Right? The uh, I, have no I idea think. What I, I think. Not oh, Dan man. was on to something. I think everybody else who does not have a Samsung phone now is the time to pretend you have one. Yeah. So yeah, totally. <laughs> so,
3: I didn't mean to. Me. sorry. I have a, have a Samsung. Sorry. I didn't mean to send you all that racist stuff. <laughs> Whoa! I didn't <laughs> do <it>. <laughs> <laughs> So the uh, the really 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 funny one I've been wanting to talk about. Have you guys seen the uh, the one about the the Wi-Fi kiosks in New York City?
0: Oh, <laughs> this is brilliant! So this is
3: so sick. Oh. Apparently, they are trying. They're going to be disabling browsers on these Wi-Fi kiosks. that for some reason had a browser on them um, that people could go up to because people were camping out and like doing weird. There's like a, the photo in time in the, the New York times here, it's like a man i st- um, saying and dance to a song by Slipknot playing on the Wi-Fi kiosk. Like <laughs> the very, very New York. But at the same time, it's like, you're just enabling these people. Like you used to have to bring your own shit to do that in public, but now it's just there. And you can go on YouTube and listen to like the psychosocial Justin Bieber, like matchup, like, in public, wicked
0: loud. I have a I have a hypothesis about this. uh The pop goes the weasel music, and oh, I, yeah, think, yeah. I think it's calling out, or they're calling into it via the phones via, via pots, right? Yeah, yeah, they're
1: they're calling in. It, yeah, it's, uh, it's I, think for 10 minutes.
0: Minutes. I think we need to find the exchange and fucking bomb the entire like whatever hey, area. Hold
3: on. so this is I think. <laughs> Is it the same thing as the the one that's the Wi-Fi kiosk that people have been, like, like getting in, like, they're taking the browser off of it. I remember there was the other thing that was a Wi-Fi something in New York, but I'm not sure if it's the same thing as this. So
4: just with taking the, the browser off the Wi-Fi kiosk, it's an Android thing, right?
0: Yeah, it's not going to do shit.
4: Right, so, like, if we look at uh, other examples, like, the Switch was shipped without a browser, and it, it's obviously got the ability to... Uh, access uh the walled garden logins right so there is a browser still there there's just no browser.app to click on so
0: and how often are they updating these uh versions of android 2 like there's clearly exploits that are probably out by now right yeah <laughs> or you just click
3: um, on stuff and open up settings and re-enable it yep. yeah we, we actually used to have uh there was a,
4: a thing in federation square in melbourne where you could go and they had these kiosks that you could—it was like a full-screen Flash application—and there was this uh, Skype button on it. You could press Skype, and you could dial someone from Skype. It had a webcam attached, and you could be like, "Hey, I'm calling you from like this, like you know, um, landmark or whatever." And uh, cool. before it got vandalized to hell and destroyed, um, when you hit the Skype button, it actually used like a Safari link, and then Safari opened Skype. So for a moment, you had desktop access, and at that point, you could just do whatever. But like, you could. Add that skype contact as a contact and then dial in and just like randomly speak to people.
0: <laughs> uh, I bet it's something almost exactly like that. I swear. Yeah. I it is. You
1: guys uh, just let the drug dealers use those in peace? oh well, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> <a good
1: idea>. <laughs> <laughs> so
3: great idea. MG, you're on it. MG's do I think it's do really do that. The, that they're using this to try to replace um, like the phone booths and like make something for make something out of the, Existing infrastructure that's connected to telecommunications lines. And so I think it's funny, though, <laughs> that they're literally, it's it like the quotes from, from like people who are, are, you know, officials in New York City saying these kiosks are often monopolized by individuals creating personal spaces for themselves, engaging in activities including playing loud, explicit music, consuming drugs and alcohol, and the viewing of pornography.
0: I mean, they sound lit. <laughs> They sound awesome.
3: It's just I'm funny. Honest. It sounds it great. it devolved into just what you would like, what you would already imagine it to become, just became the worst case scenario. Very. What long. do you expect when you put a browser opens. out in the open? Right. Yeah, I, like, I think as well. People looking
2: up like pornography and stuff. It's. I mean, what were they really expecting? If like you're gonna put that
4: out there, I mean, you can disable the browser, but people are obviously gonna find a way around that if it's not super secure. So yeah. um, yeah. Sure. with this as well though, like you got to think. All right, so this is a specific Wi-Fi kiosk meant for this kind of thing. But what about all the ones, all the the terminals that are out there that aren't meant for this? Like the point of sale things. Like I know that uh, uh Hermit is the queen of, um, you know, like there's ATMs and stuff that have browsers. There's like all different kinds of stuff that's uh, that's hidden. How long before it goes from like the average Wi-Fi kiosk before people like blasting Slipknot out
3: of an ATM and shooting up right next to
0: her, right? <laughs> um, so I put so- a call out for anybody in New York City. It's a little late in New York, so we might not get any hits, but I would love for somebody to come on that has even an inkling about it. There's got to be a contractor or somebody out there. But I know uh, at the very least, there's a few resources for like getting firmware and stuff for these things, so... Who knows? There might be fun projects in this somewhere down the road. Sure thing. <laughs> to my <laughs> responsible disclosure, of course.
2: Yeah, of course. These machines can't be that secure just you think the city's paying for all these machines getting updated constantly.
5: Like like you said before, exploits have to coming off of them.
4: Uh, it would be nice to have like a DEFCON village of all the different types of kiosks, but I wouldn't go there because people there don't shower, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Debug.
1: We can, uh, we can weaponize we... the exploits. Yeah. Is there a way to eliminate the echo and just keep like a low pitch?
2: Um, uh, I'm not sure. What do you use to uh,
0: the third knob over, turn it down?
2: I can't say it right now, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> is that
1: best
0: Debug is no good now, I think. Yeah, Debug say uh say purpose. something racist. Oh, rather not. <laughs> All
1: right, that's fine. Blame it on your Samsung <laughs> right. hey, hey, my Samsung Samsung left you a really violent voicemail. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh. So speaking of, uh, of threats hiding, um, lurking in the shadows, um, oh, yeah. the zero-day exploits that were found um, in a PDF that was uploaded to VirusTotal. Total, you guys read about
0: this one because this is i think
3: fully died actually was but this seemed really cool
0: just stupidity from an obsec point of view of of a bad guy like how you're going to keep using virus total in 2018 your shit's going to get jacked that's (laughs) definitely that's all it's going to happen yeah
4: like definitely i know that there's uh people that do vx research like individuals not companies who have uh like apis to vx total that you know, they get the sample, they, they get samples en masse. Um,
0: yeah, the cat's pretty much like, under the bag, right? So, if you submit right. something to VT, it is replicated and given to tons of people and firms. It's, it's given away,
4: yeah. I think it's burning bugs, and um, it's I guess it's it follows the whole anti sec, you know, giving away bugs for free, but you just don't want to buy accident,
5: yeah. A few years ago, I was working on um, on AV bypass stuff. And I would regularly upload stuff to to Virus total to test whether my payloads were getting detected. And I would brag about it when I would get like zero for fifty five or whatever from VirusTotal. Total. Um, and then <laughs> the author of this module that I was working on in Metasploit contacted me to ask me to specifically not to do this anymore because his samples were getting flagged. Um, <laughs> we were we were we were popping shells on um, on Kaspersky and McAfee like their sandbox scanners were. Yeah, connecting back to my shell, and I yeah, was like, logged in as something.dot.internal.dot.mcafee.dot.com. <laughs> um, so after after getting flagged, like my my IP address of the VPS I was using got added to some kind of suspicious actor database, and any any sample I submitted from that IP was getting flagged. And yeah. so I stopped using I, Virus Total.
0: A little. Uh,
6: funny I thing. hate Virus Total, but
4: yeah, that's another
0: thing. Somebody what was still uh, IRC from one of those for the longest time. They were fucking connecting from a, a sandbox to the IRC. I thought that was pretty funny.
5: Someone did that our um... from like Kaspersky dot dot com. Yeah, yeah that's pretty funny. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> there was a there was a bug
4: uh, a while ago. Um, oh man, i am totally lost what I was saying.
5: I'm sorry. It right. will be. Yeah. Yeah, so what are the, some of the other engines that you guys have, there are other engines out there that specifically are for bad boys to submit viruses to, to get like 10 scanners, and they they claim that they don't submit samples anywhere.
0: So here's the thing, um, I have a really strong view on that too, is the the latest one or the best one got taken down pretty heavily, and I think the guy's probably looking at gel, right?
4: What, for en- enabling criminals or for uh, yeah, part conspiracy? The
0: one who was running, whoever was running that Darknet uh, Onion, that basically did the exact same thing as VT, except for it was marketed towards criminals specifically. And so he obviously got fucking owned, and he's facing charges in whatever country. But um, my whole thing to that is, can you just maybe not market it to criminals, and then you're not going to have a fucking issue? Like yeah. that's seriously it's his ten. only problem is intent. Yeah, virus
5: yeah. total flew under yeah. the radar. All the things that work like virus turtle flew under the radar because there was like a gentleman's agreement between virus researchers, AV bypassing guys, and AV researchers, which is, it's not, it's not shit where we eat here.
0: Instead of Shaggy J's uh, virus uploader uh, in <laughs> Speak or whatever it's the a sort of,
5: like I can see what you're talking about. No distribute.com is a, is a newer one that scans with multiple AV engines and they claim they won't distribute your sample.
0: But as long so, as, um, it's just, how you would you do this yourself? Privacy. Like what's wrong with rather that?
5: than handing over, handing over a sample to someone else and having it out of your control. Um, you, yeah, that
0: you just how you do, you do this yourself
5: it in house. Like how would you guys do this yourself? Would you, would you go and purchase a bunch of licenses for actual AV products and, and write your own tools, or would you yeah. pirate them, or would you uh, use some kind of API to submit samples to lots of different engines without really handing it over? I was doing this or? seriously, I'd probably purchase the licenses and just set
6: it all up.
0: Yeah, you want to be as legit as possible, um, but that doesn't mean that you have to placate to any any side at all other than you're just curious what's happening and you and you alone will see what's uploaded. Like, that's all it takes. Yes,
5: for yeah. a targeted attack, uh, like a red team scenario, you would probably scope out what endpoint security solution they're using and then get your hands on on that specifically And as long as you're bypassing Symantec or CAS or ATP, whatever they're using, you'd target it for that specific AB. So um, um I remember what I was
4: gonna what I was gonna bring up before and that is like we're talking about bypassing here, but I remember that uh I think it was you linked a um uh a sample that was like a hello world and it got flagged by like yeah, shitloads yeah. of you know, it was like yeah, hello world c it's like virus, mm, virus, 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 critical, critical, like you know. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs>
0: that was huge. That was like almost every single one lit up after that.
4: Yeah, that was crazy. It's like I'm I, I really have trust in this product now.
5: Some it of the just, AB signatures from, like, the 80s and stuff are literally just just strings. Like, eight, eight characters in, in this particular order equals this virus every time. Well, really. it's, it's like...
2: heuristics,
1: yeah.
5: yeah. I, I want to shout out to Jay Panic for
4: his uh, old-school 16-bit uh, totally small-ass work. But the thing is that there is that little code that actually executes that specific virus that have, uh, you know... When you create a signature for that, it's going to be
1: really easy to get collisions. No, yeah. So yeah, it's like 100 and something bytes, maybe.
5: Maybe less. I don't
2: know. Yo.
0: So, when you
5: guys are trying to encode your meterpreter um, payload for your Eternal Blue exploit, uh, <laughs> what encoders do you use? And then, how do you test? Uh, AV detection on, on coolhack.exe.
0: Hello, fellow chatter. I don't do those types of things.
5: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, someone gotta, who isn't swim, that that guy, swim, who does all the things, all the drugs and stuff. Swim. Yeah, someone who isn't me. Yeah, isn't think, in a while,
0: I think he uh, really gets I mean, around. Swim is, uh, well advised to keep things fresh and different at all times.
5: Well, uh swim just uses a lot of sleeps and a bunch of padding from Devrin, and, and that seems to bypass everything. Jesus <laughs>
0: Christ, that's it.
5: <laughs> if you recall, uh, last week we talked, about, <laughs> we talked
4: about we talked about the the watering hole attack, uh, right. where the, the the payloads were just like straight out of you know Metasploit, like, and uh, then that OLE bug that was like seventeen years old, so. Lol. I mean, I guess if you're going to encode stuff and get around whatever virus scanners, I just guess guess you just use Metasploit if you're doing your internal red team shit. Unless you, unless you you know have time and whatever. I don't know.
5: We always it- make jokes about you know um, using Py to XE to convert our zero x zero XE scripts into Exe. <laughs> um, but you could just take like the the NSA's approach and and use a obscure language like Lua and bundle a whole interpreter into your payload. and Have like a thirty megabyte payload with a full Lua interpreter. That's how the Flame malware uh, worked. Oh yeah, have really. undetected for years. Huh. Just distribute an entire an entire interpreter with your payload.
2: I'm
0: just thinking back to all that wreckage that happened when that got released. And one of the biggest things that got wrecked was uh, Maersk or Merrick, whoever that shipping company is, right? And so you got to assume for sure they had eyes and ears inside that network, inside out. And uh, that's like a that's the shipping of the entire planet happening right there. All for them to see.
5: Row, row, row your Yeah, yeah. So, where <laughs> is the best silly. place? Where is the best place to get pirated antivirus from?
1: Um, I mean, so how I'm many wrecks do you want? Now, it? No. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, like Russian
5: BitTorrent trackers, or yeah, just start the aspect in the chat right now.
0: I thought uh, the best, like, you know, that's the best place to get apts but uh, I don't know,
5: man. DDoS kids in the chat. <laughs> Anyways. That's, that's, so. I was going to say Torrance would be the best place to find
2: viruses with you, ABs. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all outdated, too. That's the shitty part. There's nothing that really registers anymore. There used to be.
0: Uh, yeah,
1: the next
3: this <laughs> going get on to the next uh, topic real quick because we can go real deep down this rabbit hole. So um <clears throat> so the next one was Comcast fixes um basically like Xfinity did more data leaking, which they did this thing before where as last month, um if you had like an account number and someone's like like house number basically, like you could like their address, you could obtain the full no, you need just the ca- account number and the house number and you can get the full address with wi-fi name and password and then now there's another uh part of their their api that leaked like more data like similar data from uh the Xfinity website so it's anybody who would connected to an xfinity wi-fi uh network would be able to do this
0: Absolutely.
3: So wait, wait. So, as an Australian, what explain Comcast's Xfinity so, product? So, Comcast is an ISP, cable provider. Xfinity is like a service to theirs, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't have Xfinity personally, but there's these things that, like called Xfinity Wi-Fi, and if you have an Xfinity account, you can basically go onto like this like sectioned off version of a lot of like Wi-Fi on people's networks and log in with your account credentials. So, pretty much, if you had any if you could get onto a Xfinity Wi-Fi network, you could leverage this because you'd be connected to their their network.
2: Uh, right. Right. Basically, like VLAN to it. But the thing is that Comcast distributes their like their like modem router combo automatically like sends out this like free Wi-Fi hotspot from every single person's like router who has it. So it's, that's part of like their like kind of selling point, I guess. I feel that, that's kind of yeah, you know like we'll just
4: there. log into log into your account from someone else's house. Now we have a list of people that you're like you know friends enough with to be at there or not friends enough, but like you've been at this this location at this time. Like so there's extra metadata around that, right?
1: Yeah.
4: But uh, credential leaking—that's pretty dirty.
3: Yeah, that's like they're storing. Uh, like I don't even know why they would have that available. For any reason to anybody?
4: So, like, um, from experience working with uh, some uh, telcos that I, I won't name, um, there was a, a case where we had a whole, sh- like, many pallets of routers that needed to be rebranded and resold out to a different telco. And um, uh, during the process, uh, part of the configuration was we also had to set the Wi Fi password, which matched a sticker. On the, um, on the actual device itself, so that when the customer got it, they could read off the back what the thing is. I'm sure you're familiar with the stickers on on, on the back of a router. Um, obviously, anyone out there who hasn't changed it from that, whatever's on the sticker, going not change it. But um, this literally came through in a CSV. Um, it was never put in an API. There was never um, any internet facing type stuff. But if you had your hands on that CSV, Every single router that was sold um, had like the SSID and the the plaintext password because that's how the provisioning process needed to work. Yeah.
1: So, did we learn anything?
4: Uh, yeah. Just go after the CSV. Um, I mean, what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Buy and run your own shit.
3: Build your own router with a Raspberry Pi. Um, so. The next one that was, in, I was trying to, to pick one that I would call the leak of the week, but since we have two of them, we have two leaks of the week. Um, <clears throat> and so marketing firm Exactus leaked a personal info database with 340 million records. This is just, it's literally like one of the, the people who are just the shady weirdos that are just collecting a bunch of shit about you to sell to other advertisers. These people had, a, what was it, an Elasticsearch server, I believe, open. Uh, yeah. And um people were able to just pull shit off of it and yeah. So this is like the this is a bigger data leak than like I think um Equifax.
4: This is cool because uh the the Elasticsearch is inferior, so like uh, if you just empty it once you've dumped it then you get the newest starter again. That's sweet. Yeah. <laughs> you just keep getting updates.
3: It's amazing. <laughs> What a great design! Yeah, I, I just feel like the, the the more that there's these like aggregations of data sources, the more we're gonna just see crazier and crazier stuff like this. Oh yeah, I think as well, like Elasticsearch, like the Elk Stack,
4: uh, Elastic Logstash, Kibana, all that stuff. The way that it's deployed right now, um, it's become a lot more mature in the last few years. They've um, they've branded it under a single branding. Um, it's getting used a lot uh, in Steam and stuff like that as well, not just for like, things like this. Um, and it's still not really being deployed. Like, it's still being deployed by people who are, are pretty new to it. And I guess we could um, look at like when Memcache uh, was being deployed, for example, like people weren't binding it to local host or a, a specific interface. It was going straight on the inter- onto the internet. And uh, when they were matching it up with like SQL or whatever, which is I guess what they're doing now with um, you know a, a cached version of whatever um, database tables, like you could literally just scan for like memcache and then be like, hey, look at all things. And it's the exact same pattern that we've seen. that would have been over 10 years ago. So it's the same thing, but at a big scale, plus the cloud, plus PII. This is uh, pretty bad. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's just the fact that. You know, you can always count on someone to not configure their shit right. Like, this is, it's always going to be this way. And more of these things get on the internet. Like, this is going to happen more and more. So what's so bad about this, uh, this leak
7: is uh, the nature of the info in, in the database. Because, you know, like anyone who's had a job has their social security number out there in a bunch of databases or your address or p.o box or whatever but this was like whether or not you smoke uh what religion you are uh if you have cats and dogs like this is actually info that i'm i'm more concerned about than having some random person with my social who maybe is gonna i don't know try to collect my
1: tax return you know this is worse no doubt
2: as well as
7: advertising kind of data. It just seems like the kind of data that can be used against someone in a more personal way than just identity theft. And that's that's why this that's what's so bad about this leak.
4: Yeah, definitely like if you could find something in there that was uh I mean, not Dan, you've touched on this a lot uh previously about uh if somebody knows a secret about you being able to hold that over you and like that kind of thing. So,
0: yeah, I mean, it, it comes down to like embarrassment and, uh, the things that you're embarrassed about, the things that you're ashamed of, all that stuff is, is ammo against you. And, um, if you're unprepared to deal with law enforcement, be prepared to deal with yourself because they will turn a mirror to you and then make it a nightmare. So it's not yeah. fun. I fun at all. I
2: actually have a friend who got hit, and it was like, um, it was someone had his info and like information about him, and then like that he had a girlfriend and all this stuff. And so he basically just got like nailed by like talking to this, like fake chick online, like on, on Skype, and uh, you know, doing some stuff with them. And then they're like, hey, you have uh, 12 hours to Western Union S uh, like 500 bucks or else we're gonna send this to your girlfriend. Uh, this is her email address, right? <laughs> I'm just like, well, that's some of that shit.
1: Good old fashioned extortion. What happened at the end?
0: You skipped it. Did she oh, leave him?
2: No, nah, he was just like, I don't have $500. I'm like, okay, $300. Like, okay.
0: <laughs> he started
1: bargaining?
2: <laughs> yeah
0: can somebody can somebody ransom some random people in this room <laughs> fucking force back
4: no that sounds like a crime that would uh if somebody could imaginary ransom please
0: yes ransom no. ransom for hugs <laughs> yeah. you get three hugs and you get it for free so uh what, what, what's I'll up I'll get with my interpreter sorry
3: Oh, OK. <laughs> um, so the last one that we have in our news segment is just awesome. It's something that we were talking about a while back about uh, um, they had the audio firewall, um, which was for a couple of different, there was a Google Nearby and a couple of other protocols that would basically transmit data and commands over subgraph frequency to your phone. But now there's this uh, patent that I guess was, was put out or applied for by Facebook um, <clears throat> that wants to hide you know, inaudible messages and TV ads, so that they can force your phone to record ambient audio to be able to tell basically to track what like the engagement of like a, a real world ad is. So it'll it would trigger your phone to to record and say, Oh, they're in like a room, or Oh, there's like five people with them. We can discern by the you know, some weird metric that they probably have like made perfect by listening to people to, through like other means. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, you guys see
4: this? Yeah, I heard about that. It's
0: pretty
4: yeah, creepy. Yeah. yeah, I think, um, yeah, like, we did talk about the the firewall-type stuff before, and a lot of it was, um, I guess we were speculating a lot, but I guess there's a lot less speculation when stuff like this comes out. Um, they,
7: they filed the patent two weeks after that show. Yeah, that's where they got but it, they it from, interesting.
0: Hold up! Somebody filed the patent after some shit we were talking about.
3: No, no, no. Facebook did it because they were already going to do it, and we had just noticed it before.
4: Yeah.
1: Um,
3: yeah, I would say that their lawyers are probably
4: working on that patent for a while.
1: Yeah, it takes um, a bit till it shows up.
4: Yeah, it's pretty interesting though. Um, like, fa- I don't know about you guys, but there's a lot of uh, digital advertising for Facebook. Um, about how they are not friends of fake news, how they're not friends of um, uh, data sharing. And this is like a digital signage that's appeared over the city um, that I've noticed like in the last couple of weeks. It's probably been there for longer, but I've only just noticed it. Um, and walking around, there's all these like Facebook ads that are trying to like, you know, cover them up. And then this comes out where it's like, oh yeah, we're we're not fans of data sharing, but we're just going to make your phone like listen to stuff from your TV without you being able to hear it.
7: Yeah, I don't see how they can process the data
4: uh, locally
7: on the device either um, to fingerprint uh, ambient noise because there's just no way that you can, like, hash that on a phone to say, oh,
4: this is someone in their bathroom. Yeah, you'd have to – I mean, they're probably feeding all this through some back channel or whatever, so –
1: what what was the goal of it? I mean, are they picking up uh, specific commercials with like a carrier signal or or what?
4: Yeah, so the specific commercial would have a uh, uh, an out of band like from human hearing uh, pitch like uh, uh, tone that would then trigger the device, which is obviously within its its range. Okay. Um, to either begin recording and and start that way.
1: That wouldn't be too hard to pick up because you're probably just looking for a very specific set of frequencies. That don't naturally exist.
4: Yeah, if you had a microphone that could uh, pick it up and you you put it through an you know, S spectrum analyzer or whatever, like
1: Yeah, yeah. There's a uh, um
5: Google near nearby API is probably the more mainstream one of this, but there's also a company called Listener, L-A-S-N-R, which is a startup uh half funded by Jay-Z, uh-huh. interestingly <laughs> enough. And and this is where it becomes interesting on the ultrasonic side of things because he's got the title stuff, right? Right. So Facebook can do stuff like uh, detect whether you're listening to a uh, title song in the background and trigger some kind of event. Like maybe Jay Z wants to know who's listening to his music without paying for it.
4: Well, guess what? Nobody uses title sucked in, Jay Z. <laughs> yeah i mean this i i think the
7: idea is that this would uh replace the sort of uh set top boxes that are used uh or have been used historically to get ratings for for television shows they just record what you know a family is you know they just they just take a sample and
5: oh uh, yeah
4: like see what people are into what are those called box. Shout out to Chronic D in the chat for bringing up that uh Cisco uh Spark smart uh the SmartBoard stuff um pairs phones using the high frequency stuff as well, which is interesting. So Cisco, another big, another big mob. Um, you know, same technology,
5: yeah. I, I don't know why it seems like um a kind of a dumb way to do things when we've got a lot of other radio waves flying around and we've all got devices on us that can transmit Bluetooth, BLE, Wi Fi, um, but everybody.
4: Plug in an Ubertooth and open Wireshark and just watch how much garbage there is around you, no matter where you are. There is just like,
5: just, yeah. This is why it makes me suspicious. Why it makes
1: me suspicious. They're actually
5: focusing on the, um, on the, the audible spectrum of, of the waves where human speech occurs. Why are they focusing on that when there's so much better carriers of data out there, even for beaconing and whatever. I think one of the main,
4: the primary drivers is that um, you don't need a smart device for this to work. You could have a really shitty TV, and as long as it can, the speaker can emit that pitch, then uh, you're good. Like, you don't need, it. there's no sort of like, if you had a smartphone, if we're talking about smart, like playing uh, music or something on a smartphone, the smartphone has all kinds of different, you know, um, emitters okay. and, and whatnot. Um, even the system bus radio stuff we've talked about before, where, you know, uh, emissions from motherboards and, and things like that. But like with a TV, people have like, you know, old old people have TVs that, and a smartphone, you know? They might not yeah, know
1: this, how to use it. So so the, so the smartphone is picking it up, right? There, that's, that's the microphone effectively. Yeah. Right. So there's something, uh, I think it was called Silver Push, uh, a few years back, they were already doing this. They would detect what commercials or, you know, something you're watching on TV and your smartphone would then pick it up. And I think somebody went going through the Android App Store and found several apps that had this uh, Silver Push technology built into it. So it, w- it was already happening, and quite a few apps had it. Uh, might be a fun thing to dig into later. So with, uh, with Audio Waves, though, I guess this is a question for Pike.
4: Pike, are you there? Right here. I didn't see him. He's in the thing. I don't know if he's, yeah, he I don't know if a minute there. ago. I was just wondering, like, so, um, you know, using audio waves, how different uh, is the modulation back to data? Like, is it, is it pretty close? Like, that was, does anybody know that? Back to, uh, <clears throat> it, what, what exactly is the question? So like uh, you've got your your audio wave as is, is you yeah. your, your radio wave. So what then is, is it the same sort of modulation, demodulation, or are we talking like slow mode dial up speeds or like can, oh. how much stuff can we get can, like what kind of bandwidth could we expect to see maybe? I don't know, that's a pretty hard question.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. In terms of you know, throughput on that, but yeah, you know, going back to like DTMS shit. Um I, I think, at least in context of this. These are very simple uh, IDs, of, you know. Maybe the commercial, so you need very low throughput. But I forget what it tops out at um, when you're doing single or dual tone uh, high frequency stuff. That's yeah, definitely not within my scope.
0: So like we got back Go. here to force back from the uh squad. Am I saying that correct? What the fuck? Oh. He just went away. I guess I didn't say it right.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I didn't know it is. so Comcast was doing that, right? Just to get back to it for a second, Comcast was fixing that data leak at the same time. Did they not have a major outage across all of May East? Like, I, I seem to remember
1: having yeah. level three. Yeah,
0: huge, huge. All right.
1: So it was, was
6: supposedly some like fiber cut. They said, but
0: I don't know by some old lady, nonetheless, right? Like it was just some random in person player uh or in person sprite or I forget the fucking term. But,
2: NPC, no. Yeah, the NPC.
0: The goddamn NPC ran over it and fucked it up for <laughs> <not> everybody. <laughs> yeah. So that's all it was. It was just a fiber cut. And was that the one I saw in the sky? Like it looked like a like a ribbon almost. <laughs> what? I, I saw some pictures that purported to be this thing, and I have a feeling they were nothing. But it's amazing what one person can do. One, what one, uh, like really just bumbling idiot can do to the entire internet. Um, yeah. Imagine somebody like targeted, you know?
2: Yeah, that happened. Uh, I used to live in a small town, and like the entire city's infrastructure was just like one fiber line in and out, and someone basically just like hit it with a rototiller. And, like, hospital communication, all cell communication went down for, like, the entire, like, valley area. It was just, like, all because someone with a fucking, microtiller like, just didn't know, like, that they were on land with a, you know, a fiber line going through it.
6: Didn't, like, one of the Atlantic lines
4: get, like, attacked by a shark or something? Yes, I think that happened.
0: Yeah. I mean, maybe officially.
4: Uh, But I think I guess uh, I don't know if anyone wants to talk on uh, like submarines doing like uh, like leakage out of undersea fiber cables and stuff like that's a thing, right? I I mean, I don't personally know about it.
1: No, they've got uh, they've got submarines that I think there's like a I don't know if it's called like a dry dock or whatever, but there's an entire underbelly that. you see the pool below you, even though you're, you're down below, and it's meant for pulling up uh, the cables and doing splice work on them. It's pretty cool. But I can't talk too much more on that because I don't know much more.
5: We can't talk too much more about that. People who uh, work in submarines are known as spooks, by the way.
4: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can only assume that uh, if an undersea cable is there and it's, travel- it's carrying data and there's a way to get to it, somebody with a submarine can probably you know, Definitely, let's let's just yeah. speculate on that.
6: I wonder then how easy it is for the submarines, because like Microsoft just put that data center, on some ocean somewhere. Um, so I wonder how easy it is for the
4: submarine to get access to that. Well, there was a uh, Sealand, which was where Pirate Bay, I think, was hosted for a while, which is an oil rig that was off the shore of uh, the British Virgin Isles, maybe, and that was had a had a data center that was being used to host some. You know, things. Oh, uh, I remember. I know about this.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I've seen the like the way they're planning on putting data centers under like under the ocean now. That's so, uh, becoming a thing. I want to do? They did the desert. It's
4: not like Utah.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
4: um. Jell's
7: opening Christmas presents right now. <laughs>
3: yeah, I guess. Oh. Hey, so um, yeah, we've been doing the news for a little bit. It's actually ten thirty now here. Um, maybe we should get into our interview with Uncle D. Hi. Yeah,
2: sure.
3: Hey, how you doing? Uh, i right, Glad to have you on here. Um, we've been waiting to talk about just the ins and outs of all the stuff that you do. Um, yeah. so hold on one second. I'm actually change a little banner here on our. Uh, Switch stream, um, so yeah. Basically, do you want to tell us about what your services and what you do? Sure. Um, so,
6: initially, I'll just go over a little bit of the history of it. Um, initially, it came about as just a method for um, the G technology ch- IRC channel on Ryzen, um, okay. just to host a bunch of services that we all could use um initially it was just like a mumble chat and um simple git repo things like that Um, eventually it grew a little more than that and i started uh hosting content for rice which did a lot of racing um so a lot of images things like that and all this was hosted on my personal server in my studio apartment uh, which was very loud and then eventually grew up a little more, started being used by people not on IRC, and so I eventually bought um, a de- a dedicated server with um, FlokiNet over in Romania. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Cock Lee. Yeah. 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 So I got the recommendation from him, um, BC, and. So they worked out pretty well, um, but recently moved over to LeaseWeb because it's a little cheaper and a little faster speeds, um, but not directly in the middle of bumfuck Germany. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, so currently we have anywhere from, uh, we have about 8,000 registered users and around 10 to 15,000 hits per month uh no per day sorry um and we have git repositories unlimited public and private and we have upload services um, paste services Um, around the upload services uh, you can either have client side encryption which obviously does it through the browser through a javascript uh, web worker or on the back end it just encrypts it on the server side but it stores the key in the database um yeah so initially when it first came up um the all the files were just uploaded raw um, and stored raw Um, but I wanted a little more of separation of concern, so that if anyone got access to the server, uh, none of the uploads would be um, directly accessible. Um, So right now, if you just upload normally um, without utilizing the end-to-end encryption, um, they need both access to the database and the file system as well um, to be able to access those files. That also lets me um, kind of skirt the law, I guess. Um, So I don't necessarily host any of the content once I accidentally remove the database. Um, All of it is forever encrypted. Um, And then along with that, we also have blogs, Uh, just some normal random stuff. We have a mumble server still. Um, And one of the things that has been interesting lately is that we've been dealing a lot with malware and malware um, uh, scanners uh, blocking access to our site. Yeah. Uh, Especially um, one of the big... Provide uh, people we have issues with is uh, malware bytes. Um, they seem to have it out for us to not necessarily realize that we're doing the best we can on up on checking for uh, malware on upload as well as periodically scanning through the entire um, system. But they always, and then it's also funny because they, they, point back to virus total and they say oh hey it's marked as malware on virus total but then i'm like it's marked virus total because you guys marked it that and so it's just a round robin of this fuckery um yeah yeah
3: no, absolutely. so now that's actually something that i was interested in learning a bit more about because so you have paid services and you have all sorts of different upload stuff and and like we've heard a lot about different laws and things that are coming into place in other countries where, um, there are like the regulations for, um, basically people being responsible for the content that comes onto the site. Now, what are some of the, I guess, like challenges, both like legal and I guess, like, like, uh, organizational that you have with this kind of content being uploaded to your site or things being flagged as that content, you know, going forward. Yeah. So
6: the the recent um, it's not law yet, but the the lawyers for the EU have recently uh, allowed Parliament to vote on the the new laws um, that basically make content hosting services do some sort of either manual or automated. Um, processing of all user content it basically removes any sort of um, safe harbor laws in the EU which is ridiculous Um, and along with that um, they also have the any links that you link to to other content providers you now have to get permission from them to link to them um, including Yeah. So including so like Time Magazine, if you have a link to Time Magazine in your blog article and you give like a little synopsis or whatever with this new EU law that um, could pass, you would have to get permission from them. um, And usually that requires some sort of monetary um, agreement. Huh. Yeah. So. One of the things um, I'm personally thinking about is obviously getting out of the EU, (laughs) Um, moving servers out. Um, So that's a whole different project. And um, the way that law is specifically outline is it's very vague in what measures you need to take to monitor and kind of scan the content that people are uploading um so i'm trying to figure out uh, the best way to make it so not only it allows it's it's kind of a it's a hard it's a soft line between um user availability to the services, but also um, protection of my services and hmm. myself. And so I can, it for everyone, it would be best if I just open up the floodgates and let everyone upload whatever they want, however much they want. That's the best case scenario for the end user. Yeah. Um, but that's basically the worst case for me because then everything is on me. But on the flip side, Um, if I lock down everything, then I have to manually allow uploads. Um, and that's the worst case for users. Um, best case for me, because then I'm following all the laws. I'm vetting every single piece of content that I am hosting. So it's trying to figure out the best way to kind of hit right in, right in the middle of that, so that the users are not impacted as much by this new law or new laws, um, as well as I'm not um, as impacted as well.
0: Yeah. So have you thought of other options than just keeping it business as usual? Because, I, and I apologize if you covered a little bit of this, I was out of the room for a quick second, but um, it has the option come up of saying yep we're closing but here's another service uh that's behind an onion that runs just as good has all the same options and i don't know who runs it some guy and then not having to like deal with any of that stuff
6: yeah that thoughts come across my mind but at this point i'm on i i don't i i hate link rot so that's one of the things i hate and right now i have like there's 200,000 upload links out in the wild right now. And to just shut down the service and have all those just disappear, um, as well as GitHub repositories, everything, because everyone just embeds the links into any content that they provide. Um, And so removing access to that, I'm trying to avoid as best as possible.
0: Have you thought, but, of a United States broker, to say, "Hey, I own this; these holdings now. I own the the DNS for this, and I don't really care about GDPR. Um, so I will continue to forward these and and do what I need to do to keep these alive on the old system."
6: Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a possibility.
0: Um, let me know in DMs after. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about it. I, I think GDPR is great on on the surface. It offers the ability to be forgotten. It offers all these really kind of cool things. But for a smaller type firm that isn't mature enough to have, first of all, legal counsel, let alone really an idea of how to comply, it's a nightmare that potentially gets you in legal trouble. And so I think at the beginnings of this, it's kind of going to be Wild West.
6: Exactly. Luckily for my service, um, we GD, GDPR doesn't really hit us that much because we try to get as little personal information from you as possible. Um, the, I think the only personal information that could be considered by GDRP is your recovery email address, and that's not required at all. So... So
5: far, we have not had any requests
6: regarding GDPR.
5: But... Uncle, have you, looked into, um, have you looked into distributing the storage? I, I always, I'm one of those blockchain guys, so I always think this way. <laughs> have you considered like a SIA coin or a storage or any other kind of distributed um, hosting file storage system that can't really be shut down, that's powered by the magic of blockchain? Like waste or something, I guess, is a good example of that. Yeah. yeah yeah Postcoin, coin that's
6: the <laughs> so there's this there's this group that contacted me a little a while ago that was creating their own distributed file system whatever and they wanted to incorporate Technic into that um, so that was interesting never heard back from them I think they disappeared like most of them do um, but yeah so a distributed file system for the uploads is a cool idea but the issue with that is with my system is that the the decryption server side um needs access to the key obviously and right now the key is in a central location um to distribute those keys among all of the
5: hosts that could be an issue um, so this is, this is where blockchain comes in because if you centralize the key repository, then centralized authority, no authority at all, right? So if it's you true. have true. If your problem is is link r- rather than the storage, um, you're happy to, to host. Uh, you just want to fly under the radar a little bit. Um, you could you could use blockchain to distribute the hashes of the files uh, and their location. Um, and have have like an onion-like layer of deniability between um, the hosting service at the end that actually has the image and the front-end hash that matches to that hidden service. Mm -hmm. Something along those lines. I know that's what a lot of these distributed file system kind of solutions are looking into right now. And a lot of it is based... I mean, a lot of the driving force behind it is how do we make uh, a paste grid or an imager that can't be shut down? Yeah, yeah. so so, um,
6: uh, one of the things I'm currently working on um, is converting the entire backend of Technic. um, Because right now it's in a very Microsoft stack. Um, ASP.NET, 4.6, SQL Server, the whole lot. Um, So I've been converting that into .NET Core um, and kind of... trying to separate concerns to make it a lot easier for other developers, uh, not necessarily with a .NET background, to be able to contribute it, as well as host their own um, nodes of Technic.
4: What, what about the um, uh, sort of user flagging uh, inappropriate content type scenario? How Can that help? Like- I know it's unlikely that a user is going to flag their own content, which they've decrypted or they've shared like individually, but is that something that can sort of give you like a due diligence when it comes to the law that says like, look, you know, we take flagged content seriously, but we can't see all that content. You know, we don't have a billion people looking at it or we don't have some stupid AI that, you know, it costs a billion dollars to run. Um, scanning it all so we, we do our like due diligence the very best we can and is that enough to to help you in with some of that
6: yeah so the the self-reporting aspect for uploads and pastes and all other sorts of content um, right now we do have um basic email um and other contact methods to allow that um but as you say um it might not be enough for the new laws or eu or whoever whatever country or government might want to um, control more content um so that could be one method that helps to show those authorities that i'm trying to do something and it might be enough for them um but what's scary is that it's so vague in what they want you to do that they could one day say, "Yeah, that's that's good enough," but the next day say, "No, that's not good enough. You're now fined fifty thousand dollars or euros, whatever."
7: So uh, I've, got, I've got a question here for you. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm reading this uh, directive on copyright in the digital single market, which I think is the law that you're proposed law that you're talking about um is that that the right one um i know. think so maybe right it's ridiculous name yeah but (laughs) uh, like if uh if you're doing end to end encryption like yes how 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 are you as as the host how are you supposed to be able to look into the the content to make sure it complies complies with the law it's exactly head around it It doesn't make any sense
6: yeah like um anywhere from signal and wire to any other end-to-end encryption um content providers um they they don't have access to the data so they can't scan it they can't um make sure that it meets all the applicable laws of their area it's it's impossible
7: that's what it seems like it seems impossible
4: like the more i more i read about it here
7: and
6: that won't stop them
4: i mean it's interesting as well thinking about uh key storage at the moment i'm assuming that you just have like keys on a box somewhere in a database um yeah Yeah, so, like, uh, I guess some other options you could look at, like, there's a few examples on, like, Hackaday and stuff like that where you can uh, use, like, Arduinos as, like, the Arduino Duo, I think. It's, like, an 84 megahertz ARM that you can cross-compile, like, uh, embed TLS, which is, like, Polar SSL or whatever, and you can, like, basically DIY um, really quick HSMs, and then you can, like, write once to those and store your crypto keys in those, and they're, like, not totally tamper-proof, but fairly tamper-proof. And then you can go like, look, the key's in there. I can't get it out. Um, Only the person can get it out. Maybe that could be a a different solution to like that centralized blockchain. Um, That's a kind of of a complex situation, but like, I mean, it's cheaper than buying a $20,000 HSM, right?
5: (laughs) Exactly. But yeah. yeah. You don't want anything that can be defeated by the rubber hose attack. Yeah. Uh,
4: Yeah, Julian Assange really
5: worked rubber hose. Well, the the idea that if you hit someone with a rubber hose enough times, they'll give you their private key. Pretty effective technique.
4: Yeah,
5: also
4: <laughs> the, the, the first distributed file, uh, sorry, the first plausible deniability file system of the same name. But yeah, plausible deniability doesn't work when you get hit with the rubber hose. Yeah. So
3: now, um, Uncle Lee, um, I had a question about, um, like, the scaling challenges you probably have with this. Because if you started out as just a service on your on your own private server and you're now at the point where you're at now, can you kind of walk us through the process of like what you did to actually scale it up like to make it what it is?
6: Yeah, yeah. Um, so there, there definitely were scaling issues. Um, initially, when it was smaller, it was uh, a PHP backend um, and a very basic... Um, it, it did encrypt on the backend back then as well, but it didn't do it in a very um, efficient manner. It loaded up everything into memory, it encrypted it all, and then saved it straight to disk. Um, so, ha- yeah, it was it was very inefficient and pretty ugly, to be honest. Um, so that was that was one of the first issues. Was once people started uploading multiple things at the same time multiple people uploading at the same time obviously if all of those are loading all those files into memory completely um that rapidly used memory just like that so that was one of the first things i needed to fix so um that was also um around the time that i moved to a .NET stack and so it, i changed it to where now on upload it direct the upload content now directly streams through a um, file encryption stream wrapper that encrypts it as it's being written to disk at the first time so no loading into memory except for the blocks it needs to encrypt the data that is being passed through at that time but Except for that, no other data is being loaded into memory, and it saves all that memory that was being used before. Um, As well, as long with that, obviously disk space became an issue um, because with any file upload site, there's a lot of files and a lot of disk space. Um, And one of the things I wanted to keep was the, the high um, minimum uploads, maximum upload size that was allowed for um, public users, non-registered um, users, non-paying users, things like that. Um, so that was one of the main reasons I moved to the dedicated server, first with FlokiNet and then moving on to LeaseWeb as well yeah. as internet bandwidth. So Initially, bandwidth wasn't that difficult. I got a um, Comcast business line to my apartment. Um, that sufficed for a while. And then I needed a lot more um, bandwidth to not only um, allow like Europe, Asia, South America. They had horrible connections to my personal server. So yeah. I needed to... Um, kind of migrate to a more centrally located plus a lot closer to an actual um, hub. Yeah. And so that was the other reason I moved out there. Um, and then um, one of the more recent items was some Japanese and Brazilian people decided that they wanted to use not only my site, but a couple other um, free upload sites to host their anime um, episodes for their streaming sites uh, (laughs) on our services. And so I saw a giant spike in bandwidth usage and things of that nature. Um, So I had to implement some um, blocking mechanisms to block certain referrals, IP ranges, things like that, um, as well as implemented a basic max download size before it redirects them to an actual download page instead of just allowing it a direct download stream of the file directly. Yeah. And so that helped curb all of those file streaming issues.
3: That's crazy, though. That's... (laughs) Cause I, I one of the things that I was kind of really excited to ask you about was some of the weird stuff that you actually see that I know that you must see on uh, on there and kind of like what your sort of process is for dealing with it and also just like what is the funniest stuff that you see?
6: Yeah, so um I can I can say i' I've, I've seen some stuff, I've seen some stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> so i I try. Um, because obviously I do have access to the entire server, so anything that was encrypted server-side, I do have access to the keys so I can theoretically decrypt the files and view the files directly. Um, I don't do that. Um, If I do need to access the file, it's through the same methods that they do, and it's through the URL. Um, But yeah, so I had it's like a month ago. I I have I use a week. Have you heard of that? W i p i w i k. It's
1: very vulnerable.
6: Yeah. Um, <laughs> um. And so it's an internal. It's internal. Um. And I don't use the JavaScript um, versions of the API. Tarn. Um <laughs> <laughs> um i they make a dot net um entry point for it that connects directly to local hosts so i don't have to access it remotely
0: um so one thing and I, I, you might have been getting to it but i'm just really curious uh you kind of had talked about briefly that your your scheme and then Largely, it's off limits, except for if you're, you're targeting a specific post or a specific thing that's uploaded and you do have the ability to look at it, which is not like mind blowing. It pretty much every service provider out there, with exception of very few can say that they can't look at user submitted content. And so I guess my question to you would be, do you have like an actual roadmap or anything for yourself to make the service better and make it so it is truly private?
6: yeah um so that's that's along the way of basically i kind of have issues figuring out which side i want to go on because on one side i could force um client-side encryption for everyone in which case i would not have access to any of the keys Right. Um and or I could do a sort of middle line where only registered users could um, upload and then the their keys that the files would be encrypted with would also be encrypted with um, say their password or auth tokens that they generate things like that
0: right.
6: in which case I still wouldn't have access to it but, I still want to allow anonymous non-registered users to be able to access and use the service in a user-friendly way. Um
0: so maybe the risk uh the risk tolerance is probably what's gonna drive where you go over the next three, five years. Yeah. I mean, if you're fighting T yeah. P nonstop, I get why you need to have that ability, that flexibility to uh to to have that but if you're if you're generally not if you're dealing with botnets and stuff like that it seems like you can you can cut a pretty easy uh solution out where kind of like with nukes right you can't set a nuke off just with one key multiple people turn the key two or three and so if there's some kind of investigation that comes down upon you guys and they got pretty good evidence that there's some wrongdoing here having a two-three man system to make sure it's not being abused. That might be something to look into to kind of keep the integrity there, keep the privacy there, yeah. and leave it leave it for the majority of the people to use every day, like they are.
4: As a uh, as wow. a library, just on that, uh, Red October is available.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> wonderful demonstration of what yeah. I was just discussing.
3: Yeah.
4: Well, yeah, but,
0: that's that's those are kind of the same stuff that I think a lot of people, if they're not already thinking of, if you're running a darknet service, even if it's just for checking recipes for making making brownies, whatever you're doing that might in any way possible get a uh, get on police or radars for investigations, um, have a plan. Like think it out. And, uh, and make sure that your ass is protected first and then your users are protected. Yep.
4: So, with your Git type stuff, with the Git hosting, obviously people are adding um, public keys and stuff. And we saw with uh, like Silk Road, obviously, that, that came up Frosty at Frosty, that key um, was part of the investigation. I mean, are people just blindly adding? you know, the same key that they used SSH into everything? Or, are, you know, are you forcing unique keys or are you storing them in a, any special way? Or is that just sort of the way, you know, using Git the way that it's sort of meant to be originally used? So right now, um, the,
6: the Git, um, it, they can do whatever they want to do it. I'm not forcing them to do Uh, to use any sort of standards. Um, But one of the things is that currently it is HTTPS only uh, in which um, they aren't allowed to use. um, It doesn't support SSH keys currently. Um, So that's one of the things of I've been thinking about in the move um, in migrating it to um, some a different server um kind of distributing it distributing the services um, because right now it is all very um connected um it is all very hard-coded um together to work together um so that's one of the things i've been working on with the rewrite is to kind of disassociate each of the services so that they don't rely on each other so that i can then um Enable the SSH access and kind of enforce those rules um, uh, separately from the rest of the service. Because right now all the services hook into each other very closely, so they kind of force each other to have um, uh, minimum requirements um, for what they offer. Right. Yeah. 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 As well. So, like for the instance, um, if um, like Malwarebytes, um, they block specifically u.technic.io and sometimes by IP. And so, if the different services were distributed on different servers across multiple servers um, through different IPs, different host names, then these blocking mechanisms wouldn't affect the other services, just specific services. Um, so that wasn't. An, so another thing I was thinking about was to separate um, uh, this public access to the services and private um, registered users access and physically separate those by domain um, and by IP address so that if the public abuses the services, it doesn't affect the actual registered members of the service and vice versa.
0: No. When did you start uh, noticing that you had to start paying attention to this stuff? Um I I've have seen to the site? just to give you a little insight like I've seen uh kind of the beginnings of it when you were just setting it up it was I got to be blunt it was mad slow but <laughs> yeah. it worked right like it did exactly what we needed it to do we didn't have to worry about uploading image UR or pastebin like we had this cool kind of semi-trusted place that we could upload to um, and it's obviously has grown into the bigger thing that it is today. When did you notice that the uh, you had to start thinking about legalities and stuff? Did you actually get a subpoena or anything to that? That's what spurned this or can you kind of talk to that a little?
6: Yeah, yeah, I can actually can talk about that. (laughs) So, luckily. I have actually not gotten any um direct subpoenas um yet.
0: I noticed you used the word direct
6: <laughs> <laughs> um, and, knock on wood
0: yeah, we'll knock on wood for you yeah, thanks happening
6: um and one of the major turning points was um uh, f- at least for performance wise was figuring out and pinpointing the, the streamer's usage of the site. Um, that was a big performance hit. And once I resolved that, that released a lot of performance issues, um, opened it up for a lot of other things. And then um, as well, before I had background uh, malware scanning during upload, um, just basic CLAM-AV stuff um it it was just all raw uploads and so i was getting blacklisted by everything and True. so just adding that very basic upload scanning knocked out probably 98 percent of all the malware being uploaded and so that was a that was a big turning point um and then recently about a month ago i think um I started noticing um, using Pewick that um, some Onion addresses were accessing specific files a lot.
2: Mm-hmm.
6: And it was the first time I noticed a lot of the same Onion addresses accessing those. And so obviously I was intrigued. So I followed them and it was not good content. let's just put it that way. Um and so I got I actually got um Are you contacted by individuals and um
0: can we just be clear about individuals? Sorry to put you on the spot, but when you say individuals, generally I would assume that to mean law enforcement of some kind. Um, not
6: direct law enforcement. Uh, usually third-party companies that deal with um just generic um inquiries and well mm-hmm. and uh, notices things like that so like, it was I mean,
4: like sub or something like that yeah that kind of thing.
6: yeah so like those third party um dmca notice companies and um all of those uh different kind of companies those were the ones that were contacting me um but they what annoyed me was i had set up the abuse um, um, email and set up the abuse page for them to specifically contact me because I was like, fine, contact me about this. But they still went directly to um, my domain provider, um, a hosting provider, and the hosting provider yeah. then shut down access.
0: Who is that hosting provider, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, LeaseWeb. LeaseWeb. Oh, yeah, they'll do it pretty quick.
6: Yeah. And so for this without sp- question,
0: too, without getting your half of what you're doing to mitigate, which is messed up.
6: Yeah. So in this specific instance, it was CP. And so they had uh, they did give me notice, but I'm obviously on the West Coast, of the U.S. They are in the Netherlands. And so the time difference, I was asleep when they gave me the notice and they only allow one hour before they shut it down.
0: Oh, yeah, that's fair. I mean they question is did they bring it back up after you remediate No. Well, Well, yeah, so fuck that. They
6: waited until they were until eight AM their time the next day. So that was that was fun.
1: Well,
0: but as shitty as it is, it sounds like a a delay in times caused delay in uptime. But in the end, if you look at it just from the business point of view, they received this 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 indicator. That CP's up on this box. The guy doesn't take the stuff off the box within an hour. They pull plug, go home, little sleepy sleep. In the morning, they see it's gone and they put you back up.
6: Yeah. So they were very, they're very um, forthcoming and helpful in the sense that they were, they didn't screw me over.
0: Did you end up staying with them after that?
6: Yeah. Yeah, I'm still with them. That's so funny. yeah.
0: Well, I mean that right there speaks. Um,
6: this to. was really the only, air quote, issue I've had with them. But the
0: entire time, Right. Wow, yeah. that's great, man. Good luck. Yeah,
6: because uh, um, they've had abuse reports before. Regard because obviously there's been malware abuse reports and copyright um, reports. Um, but they've they've talked with me and they've uh, worked with me on timelines with that and things like that.
0: I can never have focus of this window when I'm going to hit my mic. Have you uh, explored looking into like getting control over your IP space? I know you might only have one or two, so that kind of makes it harder. But a lot of these uh, VPS providers these days, especially, I want to say Flocky does it. They'll give you um, what's essentially the who is over the IP space. So if somebody who is is your server instead of it coming back to Flocky or LeaseWeb, it comes back to you. So you're the first line of defense for receiving all these complaints. And I guess my closer to that is, if you haven't done it yet, that's something I would strongly recommend.
6: Yeah, yeah. That's, that's something I'll look into. Um, one of the, obviously, one of the major factors into all the decisions I've been making is cost. So, right now, I run it purely as a hobby um, supported by my regular day job and
0: um,
6: donations. And
0: so, so
6: um, Yeah, so, um, one of the things I did to help um, kind of try and bring in some revenue to keep it um, going without me needing to uh, push it along was the premium accounts. That sort of helped, um, but yeah, so that's another reason why I moved to LeaseWeb was mainly cost. Um, but along with the distributed system with moving towards allowing others to host specific nodes of the Technic service. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. That would the most, reduce yeah. the need of me to physically host things and to supply um, the programming, supply um, the infrastructure for others to actually host the content and things like that.
0: Yeah, and so unfortunately, uh, as as good of an idea as what you're just saying is, um, that was really kind of the last thing that you could do. Is is uh, get get spread right like spread yeah. out to different areas specifically areas that aren't MLAT friendly. Let's just be blunt about it. <laughs> not MLAP friendly, not Interpol friendly um areas for the ultimate protection. But the Cloud Act that was just signed within the past year really kind of just takes that and just throws it right in the trash. Yeah. Quite sure that any of the five eyes is allowed to hack do offensive attacks against anything they need to to justify their their end goals and um i don't know we're living in kind of weird times it, it seems like there's a push to either onion, onion land or a push to really start paying our lawyers much much better and getting uh getting ahead of the issues before they start
4: exactly what i think it's one of the things about uh, is pretty messed up is that you're doing this with the best intention, right? Yes. And while you've got the best intention to provide the service to the, there's obviously a gap. Um, and Because if you look at the other options of, of you know, the major parties like GitHub, Imager, like Reddit, whatever, wherever you're hosting, paste been, um, they're not, pro- you know, how did they become so legitimized and accepted and you know they're not getting shut down and having to deal with moving servers and stuff like that when essentially you're really providing the same thing with a little bit extra level of security but all of a sudden you know the the internet is abusing you as such you know what i mean like they're they're abusing Mm -hmm. your your kindness and your uh your efforts that you you now have to have all these problems it's like it sort of seems ass backwards to me
6: yeah yeah but I, I tend to
4: think of it as they
6: they went through these growing pains as well and they just were able to get the infrastructure get the support needed to initially probably manually vet a lot of these things and forego some of the privacy that they initially wanted and um to basically Forgo a lot of the initial values that they had and as a service and so with that they were oh, they were able to grow and handle a lot of these situations because they didn't have not handcuffs but um these moral issues holding them back from doing what needed to be done in order to mitigate these issues
0: so just to kind of recap that line of thinking that's specifically for what what uh property are we talking about
6: um anywhere from reddit to github to any of those
0: so from my perspective i've seen them grow from an order of compliance and and having their legal defense as their user base grew. It kind of seems very similar to what you're doing. You seem to actually be taking an approach of doing it maybe quicker than you needed to, which I fully applaud. I mean, that's honestly, if you're not building a security tool or if you're not building a tool with security built into it already, you're already behind the game and then you're bolting shit on to try and make it secure. Um, Oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. so it's it's definitely much better that you're doing it this way i gotta be honest i technic.io has always been one place that i'm like yeah i'll click that link someday <laughs> in a bm <laughs> hey, but so, I, uh, just, a
4: if you were given if you were given the opportunity to partner with somebody like gitlab to then Uh, or or like Pacebin or whoever who has these uh, legal things in place to have your technology and, you know, whether I don't know what kind of deal it would be, but uh, say that you could get your technology with somebody who's got that legal backing or maybe they've got that uh, more advanced way of scanning for this inappropriate content. Mm -hmm. Um, Would you you consider partnering with one of these larger sort of people or is this something that you want to keep, um, like, independent that's
6: that's a good question um i'm not sure right now i i would love to be able to be at the point where the service does not rely on me to run it where it is self-sustaining um there might be a host of people that are running it together uh, but it does not rely on me specifically um, and in regarding to other companies, other organizations, um, not not necessarily acquiring it, but maybe partnering it, investing into it, um,
0: integrating with it. I mean, yeah. Slack, right? Like Slack hasn't gotten bought by anybody, but Slack is damn well used by half the valley.
6: That's true. Yeah. Um, and so things like that. I would be open to something where it would be maybe a partnership or a, um, utilizing each other's technologies or something of that nature, not necessarily being bought out or acquired by another company and incorporated directly into only their technology. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. I would expect, uh, People are. I mean, as it continues to grow, I'm sure you got metrics too that shows that it's been growing. Yeah. Excuse me for all the burping. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, as it continues to grow, you're gonna start getting those opportunities to, um, to integrate, and and even if it's just in the sense that you're providing a service or a custom, custom version of technique that's uh that's reskinned for. I'm just throwing the name out, like Thug Crowd or or Stacks, uh-uh. any of that. That's that's probably on its way for you, roadmap wise, right? Um, yeah. So yes. Working to get that, uh, packaged, I guess, and uh, and and gaining trust through security safeguards and all that stuff. It seems like the next logical step for you, man. This is good mm-hmm. stuff.
6: Thanks. Um, yeah. So. I'm almost done with the rewrite. And part of the rewrite is pulling out the authentication to um, identity server. So that basically I wanted an easy way for if someone wanted to host their own instance, but also tap into the user database um, so that they could share user access between uh, the two nodes then now it allow that as well as storing obviously storing credentials and things of that nature for the user database on a completely different system as the rest of the services
0: It'd be cool to chat about this offline i like that yeah it's good stuff i like how it's matured though i gotta say like thanks i'm pretty sure uh nux signed me on to it or Got me onto it years ago, and I'm like, okay, this is cool. But yeah, uh, I yeah. shilled the fuck out of this shit. You did you <laughs> shilled the hell out of it. Yeah, yeah, shucked and jived, and you got our attention. Uh, but here I'm looking at it like in, in, in Fourth of July weekend, uh, weekday, I guess. Damn it, but it's 2018, it and uh, technique looks um, looking pretty badass.
3: Right, thank you. So. I wanted to kind of circle back to the thing that I had asked a little bit earlier of what's the craziest uh, or funniest things you've seen on your site. <laughs> so,
2: you can-
6: um, so the craziest things, it doesn't get that crazy. Um, besides the CP and all that nonsense, um, just some like gore stuff and stuff of that nature. Um. Yeah. Um. The these uploading botnets and shit. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of those. Um. And there's this one Git repo that I host. Um. SML loader. Sm. Sm loader. Yeah. Basically, uh, software that allows people to download free music somewhere. I don't know, but. For some odd reason the users love to think that because it's hosted on technic that technic is the developer of that said software and so i keep getting support tickets and support questions about why isn't this working or how do i do this how do i do that and i have to redirect them and say yeah that's not ours go away
0: (laughs) you should give them (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah, depending on how much of a, <laughs> of a target you want to put on yourself, you should give them advice. Like, well, you just type space space, call semicolon, and r m. And just wipe your drive.
6: Um, and then uh, and then with um having a website with emails on the website itself that comes along with all sorts of spam um and for some odd reason all the spam i get is about these chinese manufacturers asking, thanking me for requesting um demos of their like um candles and Uh, shit mm -hmm. like that
0: Yeah, you probably actually are pretty close to a few manufacturing firms over there. I wouldn't doubt that for a second.
6: You should get some candles. (laughs) But like, they aren't asking for anything. They're not like saying, hey, thank you, subscribe here, or here's a payload, here's whatever. They're just, it's just raw text saying, hey. Want some candles?
0: Yeah. There's There's like a lot of companies called Technic, right so i wouldn't doubt that that's true that's true manufacturing ones over in japan uh, i have a similar case with my email i get congratulated all the times for all these breakthroughs i'm making with batteries and <laughs> shit. And i'm like well thank you you know it took a lot of hard work like i just accept it as <laughs> <praise>. <laughs> i don't give it away i'm like thank you that took a lot of work
3: <laughs> that's awesome well thank you very much for coming on and yeah, sharing yeah is I feel like it's something that people kind of take for granted that there's sites like yours. I mean there's there's your site, there's the paste bins and all that of stuff, but there's a lot of these just these awesome service websites that people don't really get to hear from like who actually runs it. You know, there's they, it's kind of like a mm-hmm. fake entity where they can just dump all their weird, you know, drama and uh anime porn and like <laughs> they don't really think of it as actually people who are behind it, like thinking about like you know the future of it, and like what new features to add, and like how to actually manage it. And so it's really cool to hear, um, you know, all this stuff from as, as a developer, as somebody who who does this kind of stuff, like infrastructure stuff professionally. It's cool to see how it can grow from something that's so like homegrown, just a couple people, to something that is very widely used and and is known by everybody from you know people just trying to use your services for purposes to just av vendors and people like that who you know <laughs> manufacturers. so it's uh definitely really cool to see that kind of growth happen
0: i think it's also pretty cool to hear the troubles that he's going through and i think it it, it goes without saying but i'm gonna say it if you got stuff that you're sharing that is not legal especially just fucked up stuff keep it away from the small firms man you're only gonna either make them go away because they get scared by law enforcement or law enforcement comes down on them and then they fucking go to jail just
6: or at the very least just use the end encryption and just Just, keep it off my server so i can't access it
0: yeah you're you're in the end going to stifle something that could be cool um there's plenty of different alternatives out there to uh to spread whatever kind of file you want, whether it's an MP3 or whatever. Um, don't fuck around with the smaller sites. It doesn't protect you at all. It makes it worse for your protection, in fact. Because they may not be all as cool as our homie is tonight. Um, they may just drop your dime, like, auto-forward to FBI. You don't know. So, yeah, don't mess with the small guys. Leave it that to Mega or whatever you gotta do. Yeah.
3: <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, does anybody um have any other questions for uh, Uncle D here? There's a lot of people on stream but we've kind of just been talking amongst us.
6: <laughs> but he's so interesting and I just wanna learn
7: more. <laughs> Aw
3: shucks. <laughs> and I think actually one of the, the last questions I think or a question I meant to ask about from Jin who had to leave. He asked, um, why did you pick Microsoft over, like, your Microsoft stack in general, and why not use any, like, mixed stuff?
6: Yeah, yeah. Um, so I work day-to-day in a very Microsoft-heavy stack, full .NET, um, Windows Server, Azure, the whole shabam. Um, And so, obviously, when I first rewrote Technic from PHP, I wrote it into something I was familiar with, learning about, um, Mm -hmm. which was .NET. And I started working with that. It grew from that. I love C Sharp. And so I just grew it from that. And because .NET framework requires Windows to run um, well... I know... (laughs) I had to run it on Windows Server. And since I still had and found a education email address, I was able to get it for free. So the cost was not an issue. Oh,
0: um,
6: and same with SQL Server um, as well. Yeah,
3: that's good <laughs> <exhausted. laughs>
6: <laughs> um, So that's, that's why I went with the Microsoft stack that it's currently running on. Um, And with the rewrite, I, I wanted to make it so that it didn't require the Microsoft stack anymore. And yeah. so I have it where now it runs on whatever .NET Core runs on, which is a whole host of um, Linux OSs and Mac OS, and some. I think it's on ARM now and whatever. Um, And so hopefully um, with the separation of concerns between the different services, um, I will be able to move it to um, a Linux host, um, not only to get away from Windows and its telemetry, but also one of the big screaming points from users is trust um, because they feel that running it on Windows Server doesn't necessarily reflect what the service is trying to provide with animosity and um, privacy and things like that. So while I Mm -hmm. am trying to provide all that with Windows, it's just another layer of um, trust for the end user.
0: Yeah, I think that's somewhat just ignorance from their angle too. I mean, you can totally make a, a box on Windows. Oh, that's awesome. Well, um, yeah. I'm I'm just, glad. Uh, sorry, you. I just wanted to say, man, I'm taking a look over your uh, the fact page, basically, just the real time yeah. server usage, site statistics, transactions, takedowns is literally listed right there. Like it's, it's fucking clear as <laughs> day <dead> what you're <takedowns laughs> doing. So, I I like that. I I think that's something that unfortunately won't scale. But for right now, that's awesome. That's amazing. Um, would, are yeah, you-
6: so the the takedown section actually does scale pretty well because it's all automated,
1: um,
6: know. for the most part. Um, but the part that doesn't scale is the donation page and transactions pages because right now all of those are manually entered,
0: right, and
6: right. yeah, that's a whole issue.
0: Is um, uh, this, is this a project that other people can contribute on, or are oh, you doing it yeah. solo for now,
6: yeah, um, it's. I have it hosted both on GitHub as well as Technic Git um because some people might not be on one or the other um I can link it in the Twitch t- chat right now
5: Do you guys have a um like a Discord or a, like Slack that you hang out on developers hang out on
6: Um so I usually hang out on Ryzon uh IRC um there's a Technic channel on there that I'm in, um, as well as XMPP land. I'm in there now for some odd reason. Thanks, Nux. (laughs) Um, And um, yeah, you can contact me by email. Um, If you get close enough, you might get my phone number.
0: So who knows?
7: (laughs) Yeah. Hey, what's your uh, domain? What's the
0: domain? Yeah, throw it out there.
6: So I just sent out the link to the source. Um, and if you want to look at my current project, the, the .NET Core stuff, that's on branch core. Um, and so you'll be able to follow along with that. Um, most of it works right now, um, except the auth portion. Um, and yeah.
0: I think that's it. Awesome. Really good stuff, man.
3: Yeah, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us. Yeah, was, thanks for having me. Yeah, if anybody has any questions, if you can always, um, if you somehow miss any, anything that you said, you can I always, gotta, and we can help you get
0: in Yeah, project. I actually got a really big question for you. Um, since you're doing this, uh, I got to assume that you know other people that are doing similar things where they're building oh, yeah. projects and they're, they're just right now getting off the ground, but they're only a few inches off the ground. Uh, if you want to throw anybody's name our way uh, that we should we should chat with about how they're doing their ops, that I think is one of the most inspiring things we could do on the show is kind of show the growing pains of going from running a one-server thing in your basement to running something decently stable right now.
6: Yeah, yeah, I can um, get a list of people. Um, there's so. Have you heard of Se? I think it was? Yeah. Um, there's been it. a lot of domain names for them. Um, but, but basically, from that spurred 20 different versions of Pump, And so from there, it was basically a bunch of us almost racing against each other, trying... And that helped a lot spur um, the... The want to improve the service even more um, because you had others also improving the service and so you obviously wanted to improve yours along
0: with them. Yeah, I mean, if you got a core, if you got a core group that you guys all were inspired by and, and made movement, if you guys all want to jump on and kind of feed off each other through a convo, I think we could Stop definitely like do that again.
1: <laughs> more? What?
0: Wow. Stop
7: talking what? Stop blocking Tor. Oh, right.
6: Yeah. Oh, I was
0: going to say that too. Yeah. You're blocking Tor. He has to.
6: Yeah. That is a hopefully short term measure against the CPU abuse.
0: Well, so yeah. And so this, if you're not already doing it, this is something that deserves a weekly kind of get together with your other makers and builders. Because there are options out there to to take care of this very easily. I mean, just just hash uh, tables to check. Or you
3: can have it so that when Morb goes on, <laughs> that he can get on from his exit node.
0: Stop thinking, well, me, bro. No, we would only block Morb. Actually, <laughs> everybody else is allowed through. I love you, Morb. I'm kidding. It's all good. <laughs> I'm blocked on your sites now, aren't I? <laughs>
3: Well, we um we gotta get offline here um, in a second, but I just want to thank uh, Uncle D for coming on, everybody for coming into the chat here. Um, sorry, uh, Aspect from a- office Squad that you couldn't get on and have your mic, but maybe next week. Um, so we'll talk to you soon. Um, everybody else, thanks so much for hanging out with us, and uh, we'll see you Sunday where we can talk more on our stream. Sounds good.
0: Shut the fuck up and get a lawyer
2: woo